Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. A Sunday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mac coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right, we've already talked some football. I want to get even more in-depth here on both the busy Hall of Fame weekend and the fact that, yes, preseason truly gets underway. I'll ask my first guest if he, like me, fell asleep during the Cowboys-Steeler game, but uh, that's just me. Uh, here to talk all things NFL with us is NFL columnist, Hall of Fame voter, host on Talk of Fame Network, uh, Mr. Clark Judge. Clark, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jody. Doing much better now talking to you. Always good to hear your voice. My pleasure. Thank you for that. Uh, you lie well, my friend, and thank you. Please continue to try and do so. Uh, except when <laughs> we're talking about football, which I need the truth out of you. Uh, so truth number one, I was just here at home. I know you're out in Canton for all the ceremonies now. Don't know if you were there on Thursday night. In taking the Steelers and Cowboys' first game of the year, did you make it through every single snap of the game? No, I didn't because I wasn't in Canton. I got to Canton on Friday and missed the, the preseason game. I was watching the Yankees instead. <laughs> that was more of an interest to me. I'm not a big preseason football game, especially when it's a uh, the first game of the preseason. So I didn't watch a single minute of it. So uh, I, every snap I actually missed. So uh, I've been here since Friday and um, enjoyed it, actually. I enjoyed last night's ceremony very much. I, I did watch it uh, in the comforts of my own uh, downstairs basement and man cave and I am being honest. I fell asleep in the third quarter. I just couldn't keep my eyes open. It was guys I'd never heard of playing. And I said, all right, I got my fill of football. I got a half in. That's enough for me. We'll move on. Well, we're glad you moved out to Canton. Last night, you had the kind of reprieve from last year when they right. couldn't induct a Hall of Fame class because of COVID-19. And it was an extra large class because it was a centennial year of the NFL 100-year anniversary. Uh, before I ask you about specifics from last night, understood that uh, Hall of Fame voters vote in the regular class every single year. Then there's an extra class for veteran committees. And for the centennial, there was even bigger a group to decide who are going to be the extra ones to get in. Did those in charge do a good job with the class that made it? You're talking about the centennial class? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there was some oversight. I wasn't on it. I think there were 12 members of that committee. It was a 25-person committee who were uh, voters from the Pro Football Hall of Fame's 49 selectors. And uh, some of them were from the senior group, which is exactly where they should have come from, because this was supposed to address the senior situation in large part. And in large part, it did. But you only had 
10 seniors that were eligible, and then you had three contributors and, and two coaches. So um, the oversights to me were fairly glaring, honestly. I think Buddy Parker was one of them. I thought he should have been one of the two coaches. He coached in the 1950s, early 60s, uh, Lions, Steelers. Uh, he put the Lions on the map in the 50s, <clears throat> goes to three straight championship games, wins two of them, beats Paul Brown, and then built the team that won a third NFL championship before he left. He wrote left just before training camp ended and went to the Steelers. And, and um, he basically was Jimmy Johnson in the 1950s. When's the last time you remember the Lions being anything? It was when Buddy Parker was there. And to me, he was a logical guy. He wasn't chosen. Another guy was Al Wistert, offensive lineman. People in Philadelphia certainly know about him. A star on the Philadelphia Eagles in the 1940s. 48 and 49, the Eagles win the NFL championship. He's the star offensive end, played defensive lineman for that team. He was the captain of the team. He was a nine-time NFLer, eight-time All-Pro. If he were to play today, nine years and eight years of those nine, be an All-Pro, championship player, all-decade player, he'd be a first-ballot selection. He wasn't even chosen. Will those uh, two individuals you just named, and I think you made an excellent case for both of them, do they still have a chance to get in via the Veterans Committee, or yes. uh, is is that uh, over? Is there a period of time where you just completely come out of everyone's psyche or the ballot, or uh, is there still a chance they could get in at some point? No, there's still there's still a chance. Um, there's a chance as long as they're alive, honestly. But you're right about you lose momentum, and as you start getting younger and younger voters, they fade in terms of people don't know who they were. They really don't. There's not much talk about them. They're talking about players or coaches who are more um, recent. And so with a guy like Buddy Parker, I would be surprised, to be honest with you, if he wasn't the coach who was pulled out this year. They've created a coaches category for the first time this year. They're going to do that for four years. And Tom Flores got it. And Tom Flores was named this year. So now next up is whom? Buddy Parker should be the next guy up. I mean, Tom Flores won two Super Bowls. Buddy Parker won two NFL championships. And as I said, built a third one. You put Jimmy Johnson in. He's Jimmy Johnson in the 1950s. So I would think Buddy Parker is the guy that comes out this year. Now, in terms of Al Wister, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry to think that that may have been his last shot because people say, well, you know, we, we reviewed his case. The Centennial class reviewed his case. They didn't put him in, so we're moving forward. And right now, I think a hot guy might be a guy like Ken Riley. Maybe a guy like George Koontz could be come out of now. The Randy Gratishar, those are names you hear. Ken Riley was the runner-up last year, uh, or this past this year, 2021, as the senior nominee. It became Drew Pearson, but Ken Riley was the runner-up. So you figure, next guy up is what, Ken Riley? Maybe. But um, Al Wister, who I mentioned earlier, now will fade because he got the attention from the centennial class. And unless somebody who is in there, who's still on the senior committee says, Hey, listen, we need to bring this guy back. He probably is gone. And I think that's a real uh, sadness or a real tragedy. Really? I I hope you're right. That someone on the committee still fights to fight for Al Wister. All right. Last night, Edgen James kind of steal the show with his speech in your estimation. Yeah, he did. I thought so. He was very, um, emotional but also um very practical in what he had to say i, I thought he was very logical professorial times but inspiring yeah. it was a really inspiring speech and i think he lifted the audience for the 10 minutes that he spoke and i i, I really was energized by it but so was the audience and that's a largely Steeler audience they came to hear the three Steelers who were going to speak last night 
And I think they were surprised with Edgerin. And as he pointed out, he goes, listen, they see my, I'm talking about just general people goes all my life. People, people seen the, uh, the gold teeth and the dreads. And they suspect that this guy probably spent some time in prison. He said that, you know, and he goes, but I'm more than that. And he demonstrated that. I thought it was a, an eloquent speech, but an inspiring speech as well. And I do think it picked up the audience and he's perfectly situated because kind of midway in there. So really enjoyed it. Uh, as did I, and I thought he kind of won the night. But you're right. With the backing of the crowd, the Steeler guys did okay, too. Oh, yeah. No, very very much. I mean, Troy Palomalo was a big hit. They came to see Palomalo. And there was a question whether he would make it or not because he'd recently tested for COVID. But he did get in. He was in the parade yesterday morning. He had his jacket put on just before the ceremony last night. Gold jacket. Roger Goodell and David Baker put it on for him. And then... He comes out and speaks for, I don't think it was eight or nine minutes or so, and it was a good speech. I thought Towers was a, uh, also an inspirational speech, um, and, and he, he addressed a lot of the players and the, the people that the fans knew, and, and that, was, that was terrific. I, I think it was great. Donnie Shell, of course, represents an era that the Pittsburgh fans will never forget, and that's the Steel Curtain Steelers of the 1970s, and they loved seeing him come back. It's only a two-hour drive from Pittsburgh to here. Tons of fans, probably left over from that Steelers game that we did not watch. You <laughs> fell asleep in the third quarter. I didn't see it at all. But they're still here, and, and rightly so, because guess what? We got two more tonight, Alan Fanica and the late Bill Nunn, who's a contributor. Uh, the Steelers have been well represented. Our team rightfully earned the right to play in the Hall of Fame game. Not that anybody lobbies for it, because they probably pass, but uh, they absolutely belonged in this year's uh, game that neither you nor I watch much of. Uh, we are talking to Clark Judge, NFL columnist, Hall of Fame voter, host on Talk of Fame Network, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, so you got a phenomenal group tonight as well. Uh, Alan Fanick and John Lynch, uh, D- D- Woodson and Megatron. Peyton will, of course, be the most well-known and probably uh, people will pay most attention to his speech because he's really good at uh, that, too. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to bring down the uh, curtain tonight. I want to ask you about this Megatron story. Have you heard the reporting of it over the last 24 hours? Yes. Yeah. Um, a couple of just points of uh, rules, questions. Uh, the story that I read said that the NFL would not allow the Lions to just give back the $1.6 million that they had clawed back from him on bonus money when he had uh, on signing bonus money when he retired. Um, they attempted to get it back to him by asking him to do a little work for the team, like just over 24 hours worth of work over a five-year period so that they could uh, pay him the money back rather than just give him the money back. It sounded like a mess to me. Did the Lions mess this up from day one? Did they have to claw the back? The money wasn't an obligation that they had to claw them back. Did it give them cap relief when they did so, or was just putting the $1.6 million back into the owner's pocket? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know the particulars of it. What I do know is that there were hard feelings. And I've listened to Megatron before. I've talked to him before, um, listened to him on the subject. And they're really hard feelings, so many hard feelings or enough hard feelings that uh, he was asked on a Zoom call about three weeks ago or so whether he would be like Barry Sanders at the podium tonight and not thank the Lions. And he danced all around it. And the more he danced around it, he realized he's not going to thank them. And it's because of this. And it's because of the money that he felt he had earned. It was due him. 
and they didn't give him back. Now, why they didn't give him back, I don't think he cares. All he goes is, there's a $1.5 million hole in my pocket. I mean, somebody's got somebody's to answer for this. And the Lions are the most responsible people because they're the guys who employed him, and, and they were the ones who were supposed to give him that money. And he looks at it, there's some really hard feelings there, and I, I, I hope it doesn't spill over tonight. It may, but I think at the very least, you probably won't hear him say a thank you to the Lions organization. As you heard many players last night thank their organization, especially for the Steelers. I mean, there's Steelers everywhere. But, but um, that's, that's to me is, is sad because I mentioned Buddy Parker, and I said, when's the last time we heard anything sort of really, really positive about the Lions? Go back to the 50s. Buddy Parker, well, it, you know, you got, now you've got a, a chance to, to celebrate one of the great players of all time and certainly one of the great players in Lions history, and that's Megatron. And he may not thank his own club. So that to me, is, it, it, it's, it's sad. And yet it's sort of a symptom of everything that may be wrong with that franchise is that, you know, even when they get the, the great players, it, it comes out wrong in the end. It's too bad. Uh, I, I hope think, I'm wrong, but it's too bad. I think that is very fair to say. Uh, our buddy Clark Judge healed us on CBS Sports Radio. All right. I do have a couple of regular football questions for you with the season actually getting underway after the Cowboys and the Steelers got their Hall of Fame game in. Everyone else plays Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. So we will get a chance to see that much more football. And Ron Rivera says you're going to get a chance to see his starters. He's planning on playing Ryan Fitzpatrick and his starting uh, defensive line and all of his starters. He's a coach who still believes you need to get ready for the regular season by actually getting out there during the preseason. Not everybody feels that way. It's a lesser preseason with everybody playing three except the Cowboys and the Steelers. Um, Do you think that other teams will follow Ron Rivera's lead, or do you think we're going to see less of these star players in preseason? No, I think it's possible you see others just because of what you said. There's one fewer game uh, except for everybody but the Steelers and the Cowboys, which means there's that much less sort of contact. There's a lot less contact we know during the summer. Uh, padded practices are limited, uh, don't have the two-a-days anymore. It's a marked difference from 15, 20 years ago. And I think you see some of the results during the regular season, especially early. I mean, the tackling is terrible. And, and so you go, well, well, they don't have much chance to tackle during the preseason, during the camp. You know, they, they just don't seem to be really good at it. And, um, and I think this is a chance now to say, listen, you know, we've got one less game. We've got less time to sort of hone those skills for the season opener. I'm going to take advantage of it. I think it's a bold move because the risk, of course, is that you incur injuries. But Ron Rivera is always a guy that's willing to risk anything. You know, that's why they call him Riverboat Ron. And with that team, I think the expectations are low. And I like the fact that he's saying, we're going to roll the dice, get these guys out there because I need them to be better than another team because we don't have that great a talent. Um, but we can beat them if we're more proficient at what we do. And that's fundamental. So this is a chance to do that. Do I think others may follow? I think it's possible. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think it's possible. And it, it makes sense to me if it did. All right. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the report by uh, Jake Laser Fox that as of right now, the Houston Texans are not engaging in conversations about Deshaun Watson. There were a couple of reports out there early this week that, or the end of last week that they're looking for upwards of five high draft picks in addition to starting caliber players. In other words, they're asking for a king's ransom, and uh, they probably didn't get those kind of offers when they did engage with other teams. So now they've uh, skimmed back, scaled back, and are not engaging in conversation 
Why do you think they went from talking about him potentially being traded to not? Because I think it's a distraction, and, and there's no use right now. I mean, wh- who's going to take a chance on Deshaun Watson until his legal history and his civil and criminal proceedings are adjudicated? Who's going to do that? And the answer is nobody. I mean, nobody is. So why would we be engaging in talks until we know that we either can move him or we can't move him? And I would say that goes for both sides. So in the meantime, we've got a lot of white noise out there that's nothing more than a distraction for a team that's really, really going to struggle this year. That's not a revelation to you or me. I talked to John McClain, who's a Hall of Fame voter and who covers that team for the Houston Chronicle, covered him for decades. And he said, I think there's a real chance they may not win a game this year. They're going to be the first pick of the draft next year. I think that's possible. I think everything's possible. It's going to be a bad team this year. So why have any more distractions? Let's just move forward, hand the ball to somebody else, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody else and say, move forward because we can't afford to keep answering questions about this. We have to concentrate on the people we have here. I've been through this before at camps when we've had holdouts and they've been guys who haven't shown up. And the coaches always say, I can only coach the guys who are here. Let's stop this. Well, this is magnified a hundredfold because of the caliber of the player and also because of what's surrounding him in terms of the news. So I think it's in their best interest to scale back and say, because we're not going to be talking about this anymore. Let's move on. We're going to talk talking about the players we're here until Understood. or unless we know something more. Understood. But here's the rub. He's there. He's at camp. He's not holding out. He said, you're not getting into my pocket. I'm not getting fined for not showing up. Oh, I'll show up. And he has. He has been there. He hasn't taken any snaps. They're yep. uh, creating injury issues for him. What are they going to do when the season gets underway and the legalities haven't worked themselves out? Are they going to play Tyrod Taylor and just say, yeah, you can sit up in the boot to Sean Watson? I know it's a hypothetical question, yeah. but it's not that far off. It's less than a month before the first game. What yeah. are the Texans going to do? Well, it all, it all, Jody, it all depends on if anything is adjudicated in terms of these civil and criminal proceedings. And I, I don't anticipate it would be. It hasn't been up to Nor this I. point. Why would it be at that point? But in the meantime, let's say it's not. You keep him on the roster. You make him the third quarterback and make him inactive. You make him inactive and have him sit, yeah, on the sidelines. So that's what I would guess that they would do. And you move on with the others because let's say you start him, you, you face, uh, I think, an, I would think, an avalanche of public relations pushback um, from people who say, what, "What's he doing in there when he's got all this against him?" I don't see how that's possible. If that's going to happen. Um, you, well, you, then you you start him, and you know, then you find out actually. Now there is some sort of civil proceedings going on. Now you have to pull him out, and now we're putting in somebody else. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, he's there because they're just simply they're trying to take care of what they have to do until something happens civilly or criminally. And, and I, I think it's a, it's a huge issue that never is going to go away until we hear from the courts. In the meantime, the Texans are basically saying, yeah, he's here, but he's not here. So, um, you know, we're not going to talk about trades. We're not going to really talk about him. Because he's not really part of this team until we know what his future is. And I don't think he's got a future in Houston. I think if and when, he, if he's cleared, I think they'll probably move forward and try to trade him. But um, if he's not, then he's, he's going to sit until we find the end of this litany of civil and criminal cases that are pending against him. 
It is a story that we will keep our eyes on, and I think it is going to drag out over the entire year, as so a matter of fact. While, while the Texans continue to lose games, you, I, and John McClain can all agree on that. They're not going to be very good this year. Uh, sorry about that, Texans fans. I hope you appreciated listening to Clark Judge with us, Texans fans and all football fans. I always appreciate talking to him, and I hope you have a very safe and easy ride home tomorrow from Canton. Thanks, Clark. Thanks, Jody. That is Clark Judge, uh, Hall, Talk of Fame Network host, uh, NFL writer, and Hall of Fame voter, giving us a feel from Canton, Ohio tonight. Judy Mack, hanging with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Let's get the phones reopened. You can hit me up at 855-212-4CBS. It's the Mac Man on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.